Hello, you beautiful humans, and welcome back to the Hope Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Marissa, and it has been a little bit since we've been around um, creating episodes. I have been going through a very transformational stage in my life, I guess you could call it. If you've recently been listening to the podcast, you'll know I've been chatting with guests, and I believe I made um, an episode all around kind of like the burnout that I was experiencing and just really needing to slow down. So I've really been listening to that inner voice that's been coming up recently. However, I felt very called to come back on and share a little bit more with you guys recently because I think that this topic of today's episode that I'm going to be sharing is very, very not only relatable, but something that I think many of us and many of you guys listening have either gone through or you're going through it or just in general, I don't think it's talked about enough. And for me personally, it's a very, you know, important part of my journey that happened for me that I honestly would not be here in the same capacity, sharing the same message you know, with the same vision that I am, if it had not been for everything that kind of happened, um, which I'm going to talk about today. So recently, I did actually share a little bit more in depth around my whole journey uh, over the last two years, actually on my Instagram. If you haven't seen the reel, I highly suggest you go take a look at it. But I basically made a real brief, briefly sharing my journey through a chronic injury and chronic pain which lasted close to 12 months, if not, I would say close to a year and a half, to be completely honest with you. And like I said, all of this really contributed to the to the pain and the suffering that I was going through. But most importantly, the path that I chose to take from that point, again, which is what led me here, it really just opened up my eyes and so many doors that you know, in the, in the way that I don't think, again, I would be here sharing this. I don't think I would have maybe even started my podcast, like just everything really. This was, I think the beginning of, of my journey. So firstly, again, if you saw that reel and you messaged me or, you know, you commented on it, on it, I just want to say thank you because it really never ceases to amaze me. The community that we have built over there on Instagram, on our little corner of the internet there and yeah I seriously just appreciate so many of you from the bottom of my heart I know that that story resonates with a lot of you and I had a lot of people actually reach out to me describing a similar situation either with an injury or chronic pain or you know in either of those situations their body changing because of it or even so many of you who also went through, you know, a toxic or turbulent breakup, which ultimately led you to kind of maybe feel lost or or rediscover yourself or force you down this different path. And maybe you're still on that journey. But again, all these things for me, at least when I started to share, you know, <laughs> the really tough times in my journey with the breakup, with the injury, with the pain, um, it just, yeah, it really blows my mind how many of us go through that and have gone through that. So, which in this case, again, I just want to thank you for being here. And whenever I do share more of my story or different bits of it, it always feels so healing for me too, because I know 
there is so much support there in that space. And I, I know that likely many of you relate to it too. So if me sharing my story, which has led me here essentially helps you, that to me is even more inspiring. And it also helps me heal. Like that collective healing piece is seriously so, so powerful. And I think sharing this part of my journey is really important because, you know, I have shared a lot about my past with bodybuilding, with dieting, with body dysmorphia. And of course, that's where it all started. And and there are many podcasts um, that I've created that share more of that. But all those things ultimately, you know, led me here and to understand what it's like to be in those toxic and consuming cycles But even more so when I reflect and I think about what truly kind of pushed me down the direction that I'm going now and just, again, the path that I decided to take, I really believe that all that chronic pain, uh, just the pain physically and mentally is really what led me here. So I think sharing this part of my journey, once again, is so important and it's something that I want to be transparent about. And yeah, again, I hope that this may be just helps you with where you're at. Maybe you'll find different pieces that resonate for you. So let me start from a bit further back to paint the picture a little bit better for you guys and explain how I got here. And ultimately, just the sequence of, you know, we'll call it the unfortunate events that unfolded. Uh, Now looking back, of course, I'm extremely grateful for it all. But going a little bit further back. So I went from truly being so, so lost. This was maybe two to three years ago. I was depressed. I was quite negative. I had a, I had a pretty bad, you know, negative mindset and I was really a shell of myself. I wasn't too sure who I was. I had kind of lost myself in this relationship and I, you know, now look at where I'm at and I feel a lot more confident and sure of myself. I have a a very strong meditation and I would say spiritual practice. I'm a little bit more connected to to what, you know, really brings my soul joy and what's aligned for me and just overall I feel I can better trust myself. My that kind of inner inner navigation, self-reflection, whatever you want to call it, I can tune into that so much easier because I've done the work to connect back to myself. So let's take it back a little bit about, yeah, like I said, two to three years ago, just over two years ago, I was going through a really turbulent breakup. And this is not something that I ever really talked about in too much depth, but before the actual decision to break that long-term relationship off, you know, the rockiness lasted about, I would say one to two years. And anyone who's ever experienced trouble or, you know, road bumps in a relationship, which are normal to a certain extent, but if that becomes your whole entire relationship, that's definitely not healthy. But if you've experienced that, you know how much it affects you and how much it can really weigh on you and just like kind of take over. And for me, it just felt like things were rarely good. And like I was holding on to a lot of emotions in most of those times For example, I remember crying in the bathroom by myself a lot, just really holding in any sounds of crying. So I didn't make it obvious that I was upset or crying because at that point it had gotten to the, to the point of like, I was kind of hiding my emotions. I didn't want to ruffle any feathers. And that to me in a relationship is just not healthy because 
you know, I, I had gone to the point where I just couldn't really open up and yeah, opening up would cause fights. I really resorted at that time to hiding a lot. And to be honest, you know, I am to blame too a little bit. Like I, I played the victim a lot in my own head and in a lot of those situations. And again, I didn't really have that maturity of, you know, how do I go about these things? How do I, I deal with, with conflict? And basically it was this whole self-fulfilling prophecy of I'm being totally honest, where things just got worse and worse and worse because in my own head, things were so terrible and that's all I could see. So I mentioned this part only because I think it is important to understand how much of stuck emotions I was carrying or just that ongoing sadness that again, it really took a toll on my body. And at that, at that time, I didn't really know anything about suppressed emotions and just how much that can manifest into actual physical symptoms or pain. And that's why I think it's important to mention that because for, I swear to God, one or two years, I had held on to so much negativity, so much sadness, pent up emotions, stuck emotions, all, all those things. So after the breakup, you know, I was completely devastated. I moved out of the house that we were in basically within a day. It was very rushed. I quickly said goodbye goodbye to my dog. We at that time had actually decided to share the dog, but that really only lasted a month because I just could not do that long-term. I don't know if anyone can relate to trying to share a pet. Um, I couldn't even imagine sharing a child, but my heart goes out to everyone who is doing that because it's, it's definitely not easy, especially if the relationship ends on a not so great term or note. Um, it's tough. So, you know, I had walked away from the business we had built together. We had been together for almost six years. And for me, that was from ages 19 to 25. So it was basically for me, like a death and a rebirth because that was my whole entire adulthood really and I was like who the hell am I and what am I gonna do outside of that relationship I didn't really know anything you know like that was that was kind of my whole entire life and at the same time although I was crying a lot and I was very sad and you know quote-unquote feeling all my emotions as they came up because I was like you know this is this is the healthy way to process emotions I think that looking back, I was still the type to just believe I was going to be fine. And I think I had this sense of like, you're fine, just keep going, keep pushing, which of course, to a certain degree, yes, like you have to keep moving forward with your life. But, um, and at this point, like I knew I was going to be fine. It was, it was really, really hard. But the problem this led me to was that I never really took a break from working. I really had that like, just keep grinding, keep going, keep producing, um, almost like this, like prove them wrong mentality. And I just kept grinding things out even more so now because I was also trying to distract myself. It was almost because I had this ego thing going on of, yeah, just showing everyone how okay I was. So again, at this point, because I was definitely not okay, my heart was absolutely shattered and I had so much, you know, stored trauma I was kind of living in this denial in my head of not fully, truly allowing myself to grieve and feel. And I can't describe it in any other way than it was just this weird limbo kind of state that I was in. And yeah, looking back on it, I I wasn't really processing things the way 
probably again, looking back on it was, was in a healthy light. So shortly after all this initially happened again, just quite traumatic, quite rushed, quite just earth shattering. Um, maybe a month or two later, I actually had decided to go to Vancouver. So I live on Vancouver Island um, so I ferry over to Vancouver. I end up renting a car so that I can go to this photo shoot thing that I was doing and just have a little bit more freedom with being able to drive around. So I grab the car. Everything's great. I go do this photo shoot. And then on our way back to drop this car off, not even kidding, I am about one or two blocks away from dropping the car off and I cause a car accident. And essentially I'm, you know, I'm turning where I shouldn't be. It's, it's 100% my fault. And again, like I really think about this time is just, I was not in not only a good state of mind, but I just was in denial of so many things. I was just, yeah, I don't know if I had this mentality of like, oh, I'm invincible. Like it's whatever that I had honestly never been in a, in a car crash before. And sure enough, this happens. The car smashes into us. Um, on my side and thank god no one was hurt and and, and everyone was fine but it's one of those things where I think about it and I'm like yeah like a few seconds difference and that car would have absolutely smashed into my side of the door and I was just in so much shock again at that point and just with everything happening I had never been in a car accident once again but I still had this mindset of like it's fine it's no big deal let's just continue on. I'm still going to have a good weekend. And I definitely had a moment, obviously, like when it first happened of like, did that actually just happen? Like, there's no way that just happened. I was so mad at myself and frustrated and just in disbelief, like what the actual fuck. I honestly just was like, so against letting myself feel those emotions because I was just so ashamed. And I just... Yeah, again, I was so glad that no one was hurt, but I just kind of continued on with my in with my weekend. I was in so much shock and I actually think about that event now and realize how on a regular day I actually forget that that even happened unless I'm intentionally remembering that. I swear for the last like year I actually forget that that happened. I pretty much blocked it out of my mind and I don't know if that's like my subconscious like protecting me or just still that trauma that I just didn't want to look at that just kind of started to pile up on me so luckily you know after that whole event I didn't have pain immediately after and again I think about so often like how lucky I am that no one got hurt and yeah it just could have been so much worse but once I got home I actually started to feel some pain in my stomach and this is I guess you could say kind of where the chronic pain mystery started because it was all kind of manifesting in my stomach near the side of my oblique on my right lower side. And it just, it's interesting because now that I recall this story, I do remember actually, you know, leading up to, to this whole thing before the car accident, I was having pain in my stomach, like in my core, anytime I went to the gym and there were certain movements that I just, you know, wasn't really able to do, but I was ignoring it and I was pushing through it. And I didn't really care about, you know, my body giving me these signals because at that time, again, I was just going through so much that the gym was my vice. Like the gym was my only safe haven. And in my mind, I was like, no, I'm not giving up the gym. I am not giving up the intensity that that I'm going at. Like that was the only thing pretty much saving me at that point, which is like kind of sad to look back on. But 
yeah, so I'm I'm at home for a couple days and all of a sudden, boom, it hits me like a ton of bricks, this insane pain in my lower right stomach, like I was describing. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? I immediately like text my athletic therapist at the time to come to my house and like check things out. And he actually, I think just from poking around and kind of seeing what was wrong, I think actually aggravated it even more, which is insane to say because he barely was touching me, but I just remember being so swollen, so inflamed, just so in pain. I could like, he could barely touch my stomach without me being in intense pain. And he actually initially thought it was my appendix or something internal had like bursted or was, um, you know, infected or something like right away. He was kind of like, you should go to the ER um, before I even do anything with you. I think that, yeah, basically the plan was to go check out my, you know, internal organs. So at this point, I'm really freaked out. Like this is really scary and the pain isn't going away. And so I end up going to the ER two separate times, actually. So I I initially go um, when the pain was really bad. I think this was like maybe a week after the car accident. I go, I'm sitting in the ER for, I think it was like four hours and they didn't do any tests at this point. I think I just had a doctor kind of feel my stomach, um, kind of just talk to me and they gave me, you know, something that kind of numbs the pain but they scheduled an ultrasound for me. So I think it was maybe a few days later, I go to the ultrasound and I don't know if you guys have ever had an ultrasound, but ultrasounds don't typically hurt. Like they're uncomfortable, but they are not supposed to cause pain. And I was in excruciating pain. Like I was bawling my face off. They were shoving this ultrasound as pretty much as deep as they could into my stomach because they were so confused as to why I was in so much pain because nothing was showing up on the scan. So I was like dying. And at that point, the ultrasound technicians were basically like, you need to go back to the ER because this makes no sense and you're in so much pain and we can't see anything. So it was just super scary. And I was like, oh my God, this is actual hell. So I go back to the ER I have to wait, I think, another four hours um, because that's just, you know, how the emergency room works. And so they send me for finally, I think four hours later, they send me for a CT scan um, and another scan that's like a more x-ray type scan. But the CT scan also in itself was super traumatic because the um, fluid that they had shoved into my arm, like with that needle, when she was pumping fluid into it for the CT scan, it hurt so bad and I swear that whole day I was just crying and yeah looking back on it just super traumatic like my body was going through so much physically and then also mentally just everything that had been going on I like look back on that and I just give my old self a hug because like damn that was just a lot and so again all the tests come back fine and I'm like what is going on how am I in so much pain and no one could figure it out That was, I think, probably the most frustrating part of this whole experience was no one knew what was wrong with me. So I literally just went back home. Like after all of this just trauma and pain and waiting, I just go back home. My dad picks me up from the ER. He gets me a freaking Dairy Queen blizzard. Shout out to that man. And yeah, I just, I simply go back home. And, you know, the next few months I had no idea what was in store for me, but those were about to be the hardest months of my life. So yeah, fast forward to maybe a month later, I can hardly get out of bed. I would just lay in my bed, 
you know, with my laptop on my chest working away because I still never even really rested. I think I remember really just thinking, oh, well, this is a great time to just like work on my business and work more and da da da. And I literally just didn't know how to chill and surrender to quite literally my body screaming at me to relax and heal. But I was just not used to losing control in that way. You know, like my whole life was just, I was in control. I was in control of my body, my eating, my movement, everything. And at that point, it was just so hard to even get out of bed. I had to roll out of bed. It was hard to shower. I couldn't clean my place. Like my mom literally would have to come over and basically cook and clean for me. It was just such a tough period. And you know, just just being in pain all day, every day without it ever subsiding or starting to feel better. It was just so mentally exhausting and difficult to just be in that. And anyone who's ever dealt with chronic pain or is dealing with chronic pain, like, again, I just send you so much love because uh, it's so mentally draining, even more so than the physical aspect of it. And in in this period too, you know, I'm I'm newly single for the first time in six years. So I remember, I think I also went on a date once around this this time period. And I literally got home after this date and I remember just sobbing. Like I was just crying my face off. I was just so sad. I felt so broken. I was in so much pain physically. I was missing my ex. I, you know, I still had no idea what this pain was from. I was just so, so sad. And I don't remember ever being in in such a low place in my life, honestly, like just so much heavy emotions, um, just, and it all resided in my stomach too. I just had so much pain and emotions and heartbreak in my stomach, if that makes sense. Um, but I just kept on with things, you know, I remember I was still trying to go for walks, even though I, I could barely walk for five minutes without pain. And because so much of that pain was present. I was also just so terrified to make anything worse because again, I had no idea what the issue was or what the problem even was. And it was really scary to even move, you know, like going for my walks, moving around my house, all those things I was just very careful with. And yeah, at this one, it had really felt like my oblique had been ripped out or severely torn. So you can imagine just that like core pain and you use your core for everything. So that's why everything just felt so hard and painful to do. It was like just the most uncomfortable feeling. And for example, I could only sleep on my stomach with a pillow under my stomach to support, you know, my my spine being straight because I just, I couldn't have my stomach feeling like it was stretching at all. So I couldn't really lay on my back or my side or anything just to kind of like paint that picture of the inability to really move freely. It was insane. So fast forward about maybe one to two months later, you know, all of this happened like end of summer around August, I think. And it was now maybe like end of September, October-ish, I think. And I remember one night being at my parents' house, we were having dinner And I just like broke down crying. I was crying a lot at that time, to be honest with you. And I, you know, oftentimes was trying to just keep it in because I just didn't, you know, want my parents to know how much I was struggling. But at that point, I just couldn't keep it anymore. And anytime I was like really having a conversation with them, I was kind of just breaking down. And my mom finally said to me, I think it's time you asked for help and maybe saw someone. And I'm so thankful she said that because it's the first time anyone had ever really said that to me. And 
I just agreed right away because I was like, I knew that's what I needed. But for me, it was like a weird thing to accept because I had never gone to therapy. I sucked at asking for help in that point in my life. I don't know why I was like that, but I had this for sure complex of like, oh, I'm fine. I don't need help. Um, In my mind, like I was a coach for women helping other women with their mindsets. Right. And I just felt like, oh, I have to have my shit together, but no, like I needed therapy so bad. And in my opinion, everyone should go to therapy. It's just the most amazing resource and tool. And you know, asking for help, there is no shame there. And I think that if we all just accepted that we need other people to lean on, I think a lot of us, yeah, would heal and in many more prosperous ways. So doing that and listening to my mom, like going to therapy was truly the best decision I ever made, especially at this point in my life, because it was the first chance I really gave myself to actually process what had happened and what was currently happening to just be seen, be heard, and just have that safe space to kind of, you know, let things off my chest, take that weight off my shoulder. And I remember after my first session, uh, thankfully me and my therapist really just clicked too. That's I think important to find someone you really click with and trust. But just after that first session, I felt so much lighter. Um just yeah like that weight was lifted off my shoulders and I can honestly call her a friend at this point like she really helped me through that really tough time so here I am at this point again it's like a few months into this whole journey and I'm going to therapy I'm still crying a lot I'm releasing a lot I'm moving minimally still and really just like almost mourning all these deaths taking place in my life you know like grieving my old relationship, who I was. I was still missing my dog at the time that I had, you know, said goodbye to. And it's good to be, you know, releasing all these things, but it was still really hard. It was still a really sad time. And then I'm also dealing with this physical pain too, right? Like often I would just, you know, be in bed or ask my parents to drive me to the beach. That was kind of like at least my fresh air outing and I would often just sit on a log and read or like stay in the car and just kind of look in the ocean look at the ocean um I was basically just doing anything I could at this time for small reliefs in my day and just to support my mental health because I realized how important supporting that part of yourself is and looking back it was a really dark heavy time in my life But again, it ultimately did force me to look at a lot of these things. And I look back now and if if it weren't for that time of forced slowness, I probably wouldn't have allowed myself to grieve and heal in that same capacity because that's really all I could do. So it was really transformative to go through that. And what I would say to anyone listening to this, if you can relate to like the breakup or the healing or just things that you know need to be looked at, again, it doesn't need to take this huge event or this tragedy or this extreme thing to make you finally take time for yourself but hopefully if you're going through something you just recognize that you deserve to not only slow down but give yourself time and space to heal and just kind of exist for a little bit sometimes like I know it's so easy to just try and stay productive and distract yourself and do all the things and 
it's just that is usually doing more harm than good. Sometimes we just need to simply exist and slow down and be kind to ourselves. So through this period too, and why I share the story is because a lot of body image and, you know, body dysmorphia struggles came up for me. And the second this injury kind of happened, I remember thinking, and this is the other side of it. I remember thinking, oh my God, no, I need to be in the gym. I definitely cannot take more than two weeks off. Like that is it. Um, and you know, little, did I know at that time, um, how long my body was going to actually take to heal? It would be, you know, 12, 12 months later, which is hilarious to look at. Cause I just remember feeling so like, I need to be in control. I need to be in the gym. Two weeks off is all I can take off. I don't think I'd ever even taken two weeks off in my life at that point. And yeah, just, you know, watching my body change, um, even though my body actually didn't change that drastically that quickly, but in, in those times I had such severe body dysmorphia that I felt like my body was changing so much every single day. And it was so terrifying. It was so hard to deal with because again, like I was that quote unquote gym girl. I was the girl who was always lean, who was always, you know, given her in the gym and, with my therapist too, we did talk a lot about these things, just how scared I was of my body changing and not being lean anymore. That was like really my biggest fear because it was all I knew. All I knew was being my smallest self, being in the smaller body that I had perfectly controlled and held onto for dear life for years, because that was quite literally my identity. Because when I look back on it, those last, you know, five years before this whole chronic pain journey, um, that was my whole life. And now this part of my life also was crumbling, you know, like I always was photo shoot ready and I was always super lean and shredded. And I really did believe that that was the most important thing about me because all the opportunities that had come into my life at that point were always about how I looked. And this is really where my self-esteem and confidence took a hit, I would say. And I, I really felt like I had no idea who I was. I felt like I wasn't good enough anymore. I felt like I didn't want to be outgoing. I didn't want to be that like fun, positive girl that I thought I had always been. And it just really made me challenge this idea of who I actually was outside of what I looked like. And that was such a wake up call, like the biggest wake up call I've ever had. And something within me just you know, felt really called to share this part of my journey. When I was in the thick of it, I just had this inner gut feeling, if you will, or just this, I don't even know what to call it, but I, I just knew that I needed to kind of like start to share these things, like the things that I was struggling with, like my body image, um, the way I was viewing myself, just seeing my body change, like these things that actually kind of mattered and as I did that, even though it felt really hard, it also kind of helped me in a way begin my healing process too, because it was giving me some meaning and it was giving me a kind of purpose with the pain that I was going through because I was seeing how much other women were resonating with it, could really relate to it. And we're just also in this place of body dysmorphia or struggling with body image, um, and really just, yeah, kind of breaking down those diet culture societal narratives of, hey, look, your body actually doesn't have to look this way or be super small to be worthy for you to show up and take up space for you to live your life. 
Um, because yeah, I kind of just realized at that point, okay, I can continue to fight against what is happening and, you know, hate my body for changing and be mean to myself and restrict and undereat and do all these things to like, once again, quote unquote control. But I also had a stronger calling to actually give myself a chance to learn and continue nourishing myself, even though I wasn't moving my body and discover myself and actually help others. And thankfully I chose the latter of those two. Um, And this was where I think I really first initially started to heal because I was like, okay, I'm actually choosing to nourish my body, to heal things that are coming up, to not only identify with my body anymore. And it really forced me to get to know myself because I was hanging out with myself so much. I was listening to a lot of music. I was like crying a lot to music, which was, it also just felt very healing. I was dancing a lot um, for what I could do, you know, without being in too much pain. I was going for short walks that were, again, like those in my day were kind of like my safe haven that kind of saved me, like going for my walks. Um, I would FaceTime friends. I was learning to cook really fun dinners for myself. Like I had, I had always loved cooking, but now I was like starting to romanticize these things, right? Like I was learning how to romanticize my own company, essentially my own little rituals, build my own little habits around what I could do. And I had developed these things to kind of keep me going, to kind of keep that spark alive inside of me. And I was still having a really hard time, of course, but all of these things brought a little bit of light to each day, which helped me, you know, make it out on the other end, essentially. And of course, some things happened along the way. Like I did meet a few really important people in my journey. Like at that time, they really helped me move forward in different ways and and just heal and kind of, um, you know, for example, just trust people again, um, know that I could be myself without looking a certain way. I realized like these people didn't care that my body was changing. These people were coming into my life, barely knowing me, getting to know me. And they, yeah, they stuck around, made good friendships, whatever you want to call it. And I was also learning to set boundaries, right. To protect my energy, all these things I hadn't done in so long, because at that point in my life, because I was in such a long-term relationship for all of my twenties, like I hadn't really known how to do these things. Like the, the dating side of things, the going out, figuring out what I liked, how I want to spend my time, you know, who deserves my energy, what I deserve, all those things I was also learning, which was such a, a transformative, very important part of my journey. And once again, I'm, I'm actually so thankful that I, I was going through those body image struggles at this point in time, because once again, it made me realize like the people coming into my life who I actually wanted to spend time with, who mattered to me, um, they didn't care what my body looks like. They didn't care. It was changing. Um, they often never commented on my body. And that also made me realize, you know, it's so important when people come into your life that you not only protect your energy, but it's a safe environment, you know, like for so long, I think I was just kind of in that like fight or flight mode for years. Um, and it, it really, that also really allowed me to heal as well. And getting to know myself 
I was then able to know, okay, like I, I can trust people that they want to get to know the real me. It's not just because of how I look. Right. And so now looking, looking about, you know, eight months later into this whole journey, I think it was like spring, maybe April or May, I had made a big decision to actually go to Tulum by myself. I had never traveled, traveled solo at this point. Um, you know, like my pain was manageable at this point. Like I still had a little bit of pain, but it wasn't anywhere near where it was before. So I was like, yeah, I, I could totally go travel a little bit. And I had no plans of traveling, but I remember my really, my really close best friend, Michaela, she's actually been on the podcast. Um, we have a very fun episode together if you want to go listen to it, but she had gone and kind of told me about her experience there. And basically I was just like, okay, you know what, if she can go travel on her own, what is stopping me? And I just had this really crazy kind of like light bulb moment of, I, I want to do this. And that decision really added so much confidence in back into my life. Like it made me feel like I'm, I'm so capable of anything that I want in life. And it was really a life-changing month when I, when I got there and, you know, I experienced all these things. Like I was meeting new people. I was getting outside of my comfort zone and I had such a great time. And then when I got back home to Canada, I had this really insane, I can't even describe it, strong pull to come back. Um, and it was crazy because when I got to Mexico, my pain was gone. I had no pain for the first time in like close to a year. Um, and it just felt so good. It felt so good to like be able to move the way I wanted and go for bike rides and dance and it was just indescribable it was amazing and when I got back home it was pretty crazy because the pain kind of started again and I was like "Ooh, I bet you this is like a stress thing now at this point because I was you know coming back into the same environments maybe seeing the same people and my body was just kind of still stuck in that fight or flight back home so um basically at this point I was just, yeah, very grateful for that experience in Tulum. I ended up going back. I'm actually in Tulum right now. But through that journey, I just coming back to the the chronic pain story, I was like completely able to evolve into this new version of myself. You know, like I shed some layers and I morphed into... I really believe who I was meant to become and I'm still evolving to this day, but I feel, you know, I'm still figuring things out and it's only, it's only a matter of like going deeper, building off of all these things in my life that happened, but being able to look back really is such a beautiful and empowering thing because I went, to be honest with you, through hell throughout all of this. It was such a just really weird um uncomfortable time for me but in a in a weird way too it was a very comforting time because I had so much special quality time with myself and really got to understand what I value and you know to understand how important my own company is how to soothe myself and now I'm able to do those things in my life you know even even having uh, a new partner, even just being in a new country, like I know myself so much more. And what I have also been able to discover, not, you know, until about 
close to two years after all that pain was I finally saw a spine specialist, thankful for my girlfriend who ended up, you know, helping me out and her dad. They are experts in spine health, but they basically told me I had bulge discs in my spine, which was mind blowing to me because that was actually what was causing the pain this whole time. It was radiating through certain nerves and that was causing the pain in my stomach, which is like crazy to think because now when I look back on it, I'm like, oh yeah, of course I have bulge discs because all this competing that I did, all the twisting and arching of my back while I would be posing for like hours on end. And then of course, like overtraining, that was like for sure the catalyst, if you will. And then add on top of it, pushing through the the stressful times, still going and training like a mad woman, the kind of like lingering trauma, the suppressed emotions, the years of crying and, and hiding my crying and just hiding my sadness. It was all just like held so strongly in my stomach and it took so long for that all to release. And then it was a matter of, you know, not triggering my back and spine so that the pain could actually fully kind of subside. And to this day, you know, again, the the story unfolded exactly how it was meant to, even though it was like so, so difficult to go through. But yeah, I really attribute all of that to where I am now because I know myself now. I trust myself now. I don't think I would ever put anything above my own mental well-being, which is huge to say for me because I would always put other people first. I never set boundaries before and I kind of just let people walk all over me. And now I also have healed my body image. You know, I still have tough days. I don't think there's going to ever be such a thing as like a perfect body image every single day, 100% of the time. But now it's just amazing to also do the work I'm doing with helping other women heal these things and help them find themselves and build back their confidence and know that they are more than just a body. And if you're listening to this and if you struggle with body image or you struggle with body dysmorphia, let me just tell you first and foremost, you're not alone. So many of us go through these things, but I just want you to know that your body really is the least important thing about you. And when you embark on work like this, it's, it's difficult, but it is absolutely transformative and it gives you your life back because now I can enjoy my life and I don't really care what my body looks like. I just kind of carry on with my day. I do what makes me happy and that's as simple as it gets, you know? So I hope that sharing my journey Maybe it resonated for you. Maybe it sparked something in you. Maybe you want to like dive into more of these things. If that is the case, um, I would love to work with you on your body image, on, you know, finding your food freedom, building your confidence back up. These are all things that I do with my clients because I've literally been there. I've been in your shoes and I know exactly the blueprint of, okay, how do we heal? How do we take our life back? How do we find ourselves again. So you can always reach out to me through my Instagram. You can send me an email, um, however you want to connect. I would absolutely love to chat. And even if you just want to kind of have a little bit of support or someone to vent to, I'm always here because I know how difficult these things are. So I'm sending you all so much love. And until next time, I hope that you stay nourished. <laughs>